Are you ready to combine your passion for business and your love for God through simple, practical and profitable business practices? Do you want to have an eternal impact on the culture and community around you through your business? Now is the time to partner with God, profit with purpose and build a Kingdom Class company. Welcome to Christ in Business, where we'll explore the stories, strategies, successes and failures of those doing the ministry of Christ in Business. Here's your Kingdom Business Coach, David Robertson. Hey guys, welcome back. (laughs) Welcome to episode number nine. I'm laughing here at uh, my buddy Lawrence, Vincent Long III, CEO, President of LV Long & Associates. Glad to introduce and I am super pumped about this episode. We're going to be sharing quite a bit and diving into a bunch of things that the Lord is doing in business and going to be having a blast. So there's not a big formal outline for this episode. Lawrence and I were talking about originally started, we were going to do an interview and we actually did record an interview a few months ago and we decided to go ahead and do something a little bit different just because of the way the Lord was leading. Uh, We're going to be talking about answered prayer and how that affects the way we do business. And this whole podcast is about what does it mean to be Christ in business? What do, how do we pick up our identity in Christ and carry that everywhere we go? And how does that impact the way we do business, the way we do life, the way we do family? But specifically, we're going to be talking about if we are to be Christ in business, then what does that mean for our prayer life? And how does prayer and business, how does the practical side of business and the practical side of spiritual and prayer, how do those coincide and what is God's purpose behind that? So that's kind of a a little bit of what we're going to be talking about. So Lawrence, welcome to Christ in Business. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. It is an honor to have you. Lawrence is a friend. He's a brother. He's a, a mentor. He's a business partner. I mean, there's not many areas that Lawrence doesn't fall under in my life. He's a absolute godsend in my life. Well, I absolutely feel the same way. And I'm really excited about the topic today. I used to read scripture as a kid and I wondered why Jesus being fully God spent so much time in prayer. Why is this man who is the greatest power, who has the greatest power on the inside of him, why is he spending so much time in prayer? And I think when it comes to understanding what it means to be Christ in business, we need to understand why Jesus prayed so much <laughs> and what he was actually doing. That makes a ton of sense. <laughs> yeah. I actually think he was modeling what it looks like to be totally dependent upon the father. He made himself a man. And even though he had the same spirit in him, he had the same mind, he modeled what it looked like to be absolutely dependent upon the Father's voice. As a matter of fact, in John, he says, I only do what I see the Father doing, and I only say what I hear the Father saying. So he's modeling for us what this God-centered lifestyle looks like, and that it's not like, oh, this is the principle that God set in motion, so I'm going to honor this principle. It actually is giving us the upgrade of presence-centered living. And so when it comes to the role that prayer plays in a kingdom business, it's integral. It's life. It's what air is to our our lungs. It's what blood is to our bodies. We cannot have life without those things flowing, nor can we have a kingdom business if we don't 
have a vibrant prayer life in our kingdom business. Most of us look at prayer as this big laborious thing we're laying on our face and it's oh, like there's this travailing going on or this thing that we just quietly have a list of things for. I got one, two, three, four. Can you please come through on this X, Y, and Z? And then we leave and go about our day as opposed to seeing prayer as this active conversation, this fellowship that we have between us and the Father, where we get to know the Father's heart and he gets to share his insights with us. In our business, we actually call our tagline is brokering heaven's solutions for earth's problems. And so the center, people say, like, Lauren, some of these opportunities you've gotten, how did you get those? Like, what's going on? And I literally say, if you have the spirit of discernment, if you have the ability to perceive what is on the heart and mind of God, that same gift is transferable in business. Okay, God, what is it that's on your heart for this business? And he shares it. And it's literally been as simple as that. And then I communicate it and people think like, man, that's a great idea. I think we need to pursue that. And I'm like, yeah, let's do that. And we end up in these opportunities. But the start of it was me turning to heaven to find out what heaven's idea was for the company. Mm. So you're saying the spiritual gifts and everything that we use in ministry, everything that we use at church or on a mission trip or anything like that are actually transferable into the marketplace. Completely. And I've actually seen them operate at a different level. Now, people who don't know me would not know that I started off in ministry. I preached my first sermon at 11. I was the youth pastor at my church. I did campus ministry where I was a campus pastor at the university I attended. Then I went and did a family counseling role and then a discipleship pastoral role. So I've been in the pulpit and in traditional ministry roles most of my life. And so I've seen God move powerfully. But in the marketplace, the appetite for the divine the absolute hunger, the blend of sometimes desperation and need. And I mean, just all these different things that swirl. I have seen God manifest in some very, very uniquely powerful ways. And to see how jealous and zealous, those two words he is for winning souls in the marketplace, it's undeniable. So if he shows up for you listeners in church and traditional ways, if you've been on a mission trip and you've seen him show up and open blinded eyes or healed deaf ears or all those other things, if you've seen him do that in traditional ministry settings, look out, watch what he'll do in your business. Wow. You know, this whole idea that you and I we're started with an interview and we're now we're going to be talking about prayer. That all started with you saying, man, you should hear some of the prayers that God's answering lately. Yeah. Tell us some of those stories and share with these guys here that are listening. Share with them a little bit about what God's been doing with prayer. So I'm not sure where you guys are listening from, but in Ohio this year, winter did not want to relent. We had springtime winter storms. <laughs> It was all over the country because I have clients up in New York. I have clients further down south. And it seemed winter stayed around from March until <laughs> April. And yeah, even in April, we were like, is spring going to ever spring? <laughs> right, right, right. Is it ever coming? So for seasonal businesses, that was a really, really tough time. So one of mm-hmm. the guys that I'm blessed to do discipleship ministry for ran a landscaping business. And he was getting his equipment together. 
And he was really concerned because he had some equipment malfunctions that he didn't have the cash to fix. And he needed the season to get started so he could cut it off yards and get his, he has over, I think it's between 100, 150 yards that his company manages and a few commercial clients. And so they needed to get some of that cash flow going so they could take care of these mounting fixes that they needed to take care of. Winter wouldn't let go. And then when they finally got started, he started having equipment breakdowns beyond what he knew about. So the equipment that was working, <laughs> it's starting to fail and the band-aids are starting to come off. And, he, and there's, there's some fixes where you only can put so many band-aids on and then it's just done. There was a series of sessions he came in and he's just really lamenting about what's going on. And this one particular one, we were actually talking about what it means to live as Christ, which is a very apropos to your audience, Christ in business. It's noteworthy that we never see Jesus, we can infer that there's times that he did because he he had a treasurer, but we never see Jesus in scripture turn to his treasurer and say, Deacon Judas, give us some money for X, Y, and Z. He always turned to the Father, and the Father always provided, whether it was to pay the temple tax or whether it was for feeding the 5,000. I mean, has it ever occurred that Jesus could have said, hey, Judas, you and Thomas and the boys, I want you to go back into town, get some food and, and whatever. Every opportunity when they could have turned to the dollar for something to get the need met, Jesus always turned to the Father and there was this miracle. We were talking through this and there's a point when you read scripture where you actually feel a sense of responsibility that says, if I have the same spirit he has, if I have the same mind that he has, if I have now the same father he has, and Jesus was my model, then I should be looking like him. And so that was one of those moments where both me and the guy are sitting there understanding the scripture, feeling quite responsible for us to see God manifest in our lives that way. So we left that session with the commissioning. We need to go explore, have fun, discover what it means to live as Christ and to have the fullness of God dwelling in us and allow the kingdom of God to manifest wherever there was a need for provision. So he left and I left. I'll tell you my side of the story later, but he left. He called me the next morning at 730 in the morning and I hear a lawnmower in the background. <laughs> and He says, Lawrence, I want you to know I did what you said. I'm at my mom's house. I went to her house because if it stopped working, then it wouldn't be a big deal. I went to her house. I'm halfway through her yard. There's not been a problem at all. So I just wanted to tell you, this living as Christ stuff works. He he left, went home, prayed over his machine, asked God to touch it, and it just started working. Awesome. Wow. So then the next day, his fiance pings me and says, hey, you need to call Chris. He's, he's upset. He's having some more equipment issues. And I'm like, more equipment issues? What's going on? I call him and he says, the machine is stuck on my trailer and I can't get it off. I said, I thought God healed the uh, more. He said he did, but I borrowed another one when it broke down. And so the one I borrow, it broke down. It stuck on the trailer. So the one that God healed, I can't get on. So I'm still stuck. Long story short, we have a prayer time over the phone. He goes out there to test to see if the more that would not work, if it would turn on. Bro, in the background, I hear him 
turn it over. He backs it down. I hear him turn the other one on, pull it up. He picks up the phone like, okay, it's working. Thanks, bro. And hangs up the phone. Now that seems, <laughs> that seems pretty hilarious. And some people could say it's, it's by chance, but for this guy whose livelihood was directly affected to the function of his machines at a season, the winner would not relent. So he had no cash flow. He's absolutely desperate. He turns to God and God absolutely uh, moves on his behalf and healed the equipment. So wow, we. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. So that's a really great example of what we can do when something's going wrong and we need God to reach out. My favorite story that you've told was a story about your automotive client. I think it's really important for us to understand why God is allowing us to be his ambassadors, his hands and feet, why he wants us to be Christ in business. At the end of the day, it's all about souls. And there are people that we get to meet and interact with and win in the marketplace that may not step foot in the four walls of the church. This client that David just brought up was a client that God was really clearly going after his heart, and not only his heart, but the whole executive team's heart. The automotive industry has had a lot of contractions and ebbs and flows like all industries, but when the automotive industry hits a lull, it's painful. It affects a lot of people. And so we were brought on to diversify this company and to try to insulate them from some of the fluctuations in their market. We had come in, we did the business case, did all the research, knew what we needed to do, identified the new verticals that we wanted to integrate and develop, identified the areas in their existing business that we wanted to enhance and further develop, put together the sales plan, did all of the marketing, and started all the sales. And we got to a point where we were probably six, eight months into sales. And David, there's nothing. Now, we know this is a long sales cycle. So as soon as you talk about the phase one of this process was to bolster the work that they were already doing. So that means adding additional automotive work. Well, that's long sales cycle stuff in most cases. So six to eight months, it can seem like a long time and it was, but there's some predictors of sales. Like <laughs> there's certain activity that happens and you're like, okay, because of that, that will likely lead to this next step and there'll eventually be yeah. a sale. Well, we were struggling getting some of those early activities to take root or produce any fruit whatsoever. I sat down with the CEO and I said, listen, we're doing everything we know to do. We've done the research. We know we're pulling the right levers. And we're not seeing traction here. Not that satisfying to us. And if it's not satisfying to us, I know it's not satisfying to you. And I said, I know that you like to keep uh, secret and secular separate, but I really believe that we need to do a business blessing. I said, God honors people and organizations that honor him. And I know a marketplace apostle, but I want us to come in and I, I want us to dedicate your business to the Lord. And he kind of goes, uh, all right, um, uh, <laughs> let me think about that a bit. Uh, I'll actually, let me get with my team and find out what they think about it. And then I'll get back to you. As you can imagine, about three or four <laughs> weeks elapse. <laughs> and I finally get to go ahead. 
I ping them several times. So after about three to five interactions, I, I finally get them to commit and we set a date. So we go in and do, this was not an eloquent business blessing because I'm uncomfortable because I know how uncomfortable they are because they've already communicated to me how they want to keep uh, <laughs> the sacred separate. And so I um, kind of fumble through the introduction and, and the prayer time and my friend and the marketplace apostle was so tender and shared with them stories of what God had done in his life and in his business. We segued into a prayer time. And David, there wasn't a dry eye in the house. Mm. As we prayed the prayers to dedicate their business, I watched all three, the CEO, the COO, and the CFO, all in tears. And it was clear, one, their business was their baby. And two, they recognized their need for Jesus. Like, we've done everything else. Like, this is our livelihood here. We got to do something. So in this prayer time, they all, like there was a true come to Jesus in there and you could fill it. And it was one of those, you ever at a good church service, it's over and people aren't rushing for the doors. It's like everybody's kind of hanging back. Well, that kind of phenomenon happened after the prayer time. And we chatted a bit and we went ahead and left. Well, that following Friday, the, the CEO calls me and he's so excited. I can hear him laughing and smiling over the phone. And he said, Lawrence, I just wanted to call and thank you for your faith. I'm like, ah, this is a good call. <laughs> like, what's going on? <laughs> Lawrence, we were just told that there was a directive from GM that all of the value added high profit work that was carved out from our customer and we got all the rest of it, all of that work that was held back has to be sent to us. So they're sending this. There's a multi-phase process where they're sending all of this new additional work that we get to do to us. And it was a clear sign. He said, thank you so much for your faith. And it was a clear sign. It was like that God had come in, that God had done this, and that he didn't have to be afraid of having God in the boardroom with them. Mm. So good. That's good. It goes back to what we covered in, what was it, episode two, talking about what it means to partner with God, what it means to actually do, even to go as far as bringing him into strategic planning sessions. And mm-hmm. when we know and are, are friends with, and he's our father, and, and we're stewarding his business, when we have intimacy with him, then we can look to him who can give us winds of, of what he's doing over the next year and what he's doing, what kind of season he's bringing us into and what he's season he's bringing our business into. I love that story because it's a great example of, it's kind of like Peter in the, in fishing. They've been out fishing all night and they've done everything that they know how to do because they're expert fishermen and they decide to listen to Jesus. And, and Jesus says, just cast your nets on the other side of the boat. Do you have a financial number of what that single change over that weekend came to or a percentage number or anything like that? It was significant. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But I'll tell you this. I think it's important that your listeners know that being Christ in business is not just about the bottom line. Mm-hmm. That's critically important. There's a deeper value system. And it's that God is trying to win the hearts of men. 
And being Christ in business means that you get to leverage opportunities, that you get to dream with God, that he gets to lead you down paths that might be very uncomfortable for you. But as you follow him, he will orchestrate events where he wins the hearts of men. And the benefit of that is the additional blessing that comes. So yes, the new business comes and there's greater levels of profit and all those things and all that stuff is wonderful. But I think that the major delineation between a kingdom business person and a traditional business person is that I think biblical entrepreneurship calls it the eternal bottom line. There's another layer of sensitivity. There's another layer of value system there that beyond the cash, there's the souls that are involved. And I watched God encounter three people at that conference table who had all decided that it was better to have that separate. I watched him win them in that context. Yeah. Because of that, now there's some unique circumstances going on. And I don't know if, if your listeners have heard, but there's several plant closures that are in the GM supplier ecosystem that are taking place very quickly. And because of that and that awareness and that acceptance of God, there's this collective ability to turn to him. I was in a conversation with that same CEO And I can't go into the nature of the call, but I was able to say to him, this ain't the first time we've been here. You've watched God move before. He didn't forsake you then. He's not going to forsake you now. And I could feel the peace of God come in and I could hear his voice go, oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. And so what happens is when we embrace being his advocates, that eternal bottom line of where God is constantly able to reach and re-reach, establish and re-establish his heart and people and recapture them and have their eyes focus in on him is an amazing benefit that we get to watch. And I think we as kingdom business people need to know that that's in part what he's doing. So is it the bottom line? Absolutely. But don't forget the eternal bottom line. That kind of takes me to a little bit of our conversation the other day about the purpose of answered prayer. One of your gifts is a gift to prophecy and just an area that you feel that the Lord is moving into over this next season, maybe this next year or two. Yeah. Talk to us a little bit about that and share a little bit about what the purpose of answered prayer is. And you've said specifically several times, you've said that God is answering prayer faster and he seems to be moving a lot faster on prayer. The Lord wants us to have absolute confidence that when we pray, he hears us. Not only will will he hear us, but he'll move on our behalf. I have seen God, (laughs) the stories are mounting of these extravagant answers to prayer that he's been answering. And it's causing men to stand in awe of what he is doing and how much he intimately cares about the affairs of our life. But what the Lord is showing me is that the answer prayer isn't just for our own comfort and how that answer prayer affects us and our lives and our the stability of finances or those things in our life. There's a place of dependency on him that he's inviting us into. In Matthew 6, it's really clear. Jesus says you can't serve two masters, that you'll either love the one and hate the other, or you'll hold to one and despise the other, that you can't serve both God and mammon. Mammon is defined as deceitfulness of riches. Some people call it money itself. 
But the Amplified goes further and, and it says that it's anything that is trusted in outside of God. And so it's dependence. It's what are you depending on? And so in this season of what feels like accelerated answer prayer, like there's several scenarios I could just shout out three or four or more right now of lately there's been prayers that have been answered almost as soon as they were asked. And a lot of these things have been lofty requests that have been made, things that have been delayed and not happened for years in some of these cases. And then there's been a time of communal prayer about the, this thing. And then within just a matter of short amount of time, prayers answered. As a matter of fact, I literally just got a text from a CPO about an issue that we were just praying about. And she said, <laughs> I, I texted her just to, this evening to find out what was going on. And she says, yes, it's fixed. It's done. And this was a huge problem and they didn't know how it was going to be done, but it was answered really quickly. So the purpose of answered prayer isn't that we just delight in prayers being answered, but it's more about God making us dependent upon him. As business owners, it's really easy to say, God, I love you and I depend on you. It's really easy to say that. But if we're really honest, a lot of our dependence can be rooted in our receivables, our business development activities, Mm-hmm. our conversion rates and all of these different things. And we get to a certain point where we get a confidence factor. We pull these three levers, we get this much out in, on the back end. And so over time, if we're not careful, even if we never say it with our mouth and even if we don't recognize that that's what's happening in our heart, we can be more dependent on those things and our abilities and those kinds of things than we are dependent on him. There's this covenant that says that he that began a good work in you shall perform that work until the day of Jesus. And (laughs) the day of Jesus is upon us. The day of Jesus is upon us. He's manifesting all around us. All around us and all through us. That covenant that he made to complete the good work in you that he started, it requires that any place that there's other lords, there's other things that we've been depending on outside of him, He wants to expose it and he wants to show it and he wants to bring us into a place where we're solely, wholly, completely dependent upon him. So in this season, yes. Is he answering prayer? Absolutely. And it's happening very quickly. But what's the purpose of it? It's not to feel this insatiable desire of more, more, more. It's actually to make us more dependent on him. And I really wish we had enough time to actually go through scripture and have me show you <laughs> what that's about. Because it actually has to do with him establishing the new covenant in our hearts. We have theologies where we say certain things that are statements of faith and statements that are true. But when it comes to how we live and how we see the manifestation of the new covenant in our lives, there's a chasm there. And he is bridging that chasm and he's establishing in our heart what Jesus actually completed and what he did on dying on the cross and what that means about our relationship with the father. Part of what this answered prayer, remember it's the goodness of God that leads to repentance. So it's in these lavish displays of of his goodness lies this invitation to come see him and to see things as he sees them, see from his perspective. And so there's this renewing of the mind as we start to see him as he is. And that as he is, in part, includes he is our provision. 
that when he says the Lord God will supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory, he literally meant the Lord God would supply all your needs. Not you, not the systems of this world, not the world economic system, but a good father. So heaven is coming to earth. And I really wish we had time to go into the scripture because it gets really good. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Speaking of that, how do we go about as business owners? And this may be where we want to bring it into a landing and we may have you back or maybe have you on a on a webinar or something like that where we can talk about some of the details or even just record another video, maybe a bonus video or something like that. But how do we as entrepreneurs and as business owners, there's no doubt that bottom line is important. There's no doubt that the financial profit margin and financial profit line are important. KPIs are important. All those metrics that we do track, I mean, business has to stay afloat. So how do we bring together the importance of those things with what you're saying? The question is this, is how many lilies does a field need? Why did God place infinite capacity to reproduce itself in every seed? The fact of the matter is God cares more about our abundance than we do. Because again, remember, it's in the manifestations of the goodness of God that he brings people into repentance. What he cares about is the motivations of our heart. It's Proverbs 16. What he cares about is that we understand and we know that it's his provision that is providing for us, that's taking care of us, that's giving us the wisdom and the insight. And that our trust and dependence is absolutely unequivocally on him. We don't have to choose two separate value systems because they're actually one. We just love the Lord, our God, with all our heart, (laughs) that soul and our strength. (laughs) We have him as Lord and he takes care of the rest. And that's just it. All of the other metrics, he actually teaches you what, what to measure. How many things are your listeners measuring right now and keeping track of that (laughs) has no real effect on their earnings? They think it's important or how many things should they? That's probably even a better question. How many things should they be measuring? (laughs) And they aren't and they don't know to. As he is Lord in our lives and as we recognize that we are fully, completely, unequivocally dependent upon him, In that posture from absolute dependence and need of him, from that place, he can reveal things and he can direct us and say things that will oftentimes defy convention. They won't make sense. (laughs) Uh, Sometimes they do, other times they don't. But what they produce is only God scale. It's what you call kingdom class. And what the Lord is really doing to kingdom businesses is he's creating a demarcation between kingdom business and traditional business. If traditional business has been as lavish as it has been in the last couple hundred years in America, think about all the technology that's come out of all this wealth that's been produced around the world. If that has happened with people who have not all valued, now some have, some have been very God-fearing people, what would happen to an army of kingdom entrepreneurs who truly have Jesus as Lord and who truly depend on him for life and sustenance and not the systems where they're willing just to say, wherever you lead, I'll go. Whatever you say, I'll do. I'll just follow you. 
I'm telling you, that will be the thing that spurs on the greatest innovations we've ever seen in this world. We will see things move like never before, and it'll be because people live in not only reaction, but fellowship with his presence. His presence mm-hmm. is not something that we go in and out of. We actually recognize that we've been permanent residents, that that chasm that was created by sin has been dealt with, and we actually get to commune with God. So now we get his ideas and we get his mind to affect our businesses. As the fruit of that is displayed, it'll be like the light that is like the city that's on a hill that cannot be hidden. It's that goodness that will lead many men to repentance. So God cares more about our bottom line than we do. He just wants to show us how to do it better. He wants to get our <laughs> get us out the way so he can lead us into the pastures because so many of us carry destinies and prophetic calls that have been placed over our life that we cannot accomplish by ourselves. We need his leadership. And that's what this is about. There you have it. (laughs) That is a great place to segue and kind of bring it in for landing. But you are absolutely right. When in Deuteronomy 8, 18, I think it is, it's the verse that says, that God is one that gave us the ability to create wealth. Leading up to that verse, he is talking to God's people. He's talking to the Hebrews. And he says, when you've basically enjoyed the fruits of the land and you've you've started to reap the blessings, he, he says, do not forget the name of the Lord. In fact, remember the name of the Lord and remember God because it is him who gives you the ability to create wealth. That verse doesn't just say God gave us the ability to create wealth. It's saying that when you start receiving the blessings that God has set aside for you, don't forget that it's him who gives you that ability to create wealth. It's a matter of maintaining that he is Lord over this. I love it in the Lord's prayer. Jesus tells us to pray, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And I take that hallowed be thy name. And I look at it and say, in every name that God holds, he holds God, the provider, God, the faithful one, God, my healer, God, God, the provision Yeah, yeah, yeah. in every single one of those names that ought to be a position that's held sacred and mm-hmm. held separate from everything else. So yes. God, our provider, in order for that name to be hallowed in our life, that name to be holy in our life, we need to recognize that he is our provision. He is our provider. Yes. And instead of worshiping and serving our businesses and our income streams and our revenue generators, instead of serving those, we serve God as a provider because he's the one that ultimately gives us that ability to create wealth. Yes. He also always exposes the idols. Like he's always created demarcation from what is him, what's the authentic thing and what's not. And that's a part of where that grace comes in. If we had more time, we would talk about Gideon and what was going on with Gideon and the tearing down of Baal and its relationship to the destruction of the Midianites. Because this isn't a Bible study, I'll just say that every place where the enemy has masqueraded as our provider, which is what one of the meanings of Baal, the provider, every place where this world economic system, these things that actually oppose God has been trying to take the position as the provider in God's people's life, the Lord is bringing those things down. And the reality is, as well, most of us have the theology for it. The Lord wants to show us what we really believe, what we're truly depending on. One of his brilliant strategies for doing it 
is through extravagant answers of prayer. People are going to see aspects of God's nature and his goodness through the swift, extravagant answer to prayer that causes them to marvel and they will turn to him. And then that beholding him, Paul said it this way, and we all together beholding as a mirror, the glory of the Lord are transformed into that image from glory to glory. So in these manifestations of his goodness through this answer prayer, people actually will be invited into seeing and understanding more the depths of his nature, of his person, of his goodness. And as they behold it, they'll begin to be transformed into what they are beholding. And so they're actually going to come more into alignment. They're actually going to start embodying what it literally tangibly means to be Christ in business, except for it won't just be Christ in business. It'll be Christ as daddy, Christ as mommy, Christ in the business, Christ at church. <laughs> we'll have his nature everywhere we go. And it won't just be because we are practicing his word or thinking, what would Jesus do? But it'll be from an encounter where he actually transforms us from the inside out. So I encourage you listeners, if you feel an increase in faith, even if you just feel an inkling like, oh, I want what they're talking about. I want this answer to prayer. I encourage you to right now stop, push pause, and ask for some courageous things. I had a young man call me who's a full-time missionary. The Lord told him he wanted them to write this book to tell the stories of what he's doing to win people who have come from horrible, horrible backgrounds and from all of these different things, but how God has won them. And he went to write the book and the laptop that he had stopped working. He's a missionary. He didn't have a lot of money. He didn't know how to get the thing fixed. So out of an act of obedience, he started typing the, the book on a Word app on his phone, the little keyboard with his fat thumbs. And it got so frustrating that he called me and said, Lawrence, I know God told me to do this. I know he told me to do this. So what's going on? I said, let's pray for the laptop. If God can heal the guy's lawnmower equipment, he can heal your laptop. So he prayed for his laptop. And he was reluctant. He said the Holy Spirit reminded him the next day that he needed to do that. David, he didn't even check it. It wasn't until later. He said he felt like the Holy Spirit prompted him. And he goes to check the laptop. And guess what? Bold faith. <laughs> right? That was the reluctant, I'm just going to be obedient faith. And that still got it done. He opened up the laptop and he worked. And I can send you a, a shot of the text that he sent me if you want to post it somewhere so your people can see it. But it was actually of the home screen of, of his computer. It, from all this time, not working, not having the money to fix it, to all of a sudden it's working. And he completed the book and it's just been dispersed and being sold right now. So ask the extravagant prayers. Ask the crazy ones. Lord, I got this equipment. It's going awry. I don't have the money to fix it. I need you. Ask whatever. I'm watching God extravagantly answer prayer because he's inviting us to see something about his nature that we can only see through experience. Be courageous. Ask him. There you have it. Lawrence Vincent Long III, president of LV Long & Associates. You can find more information about him at lvlongandassociates.com. But I just wanted to cut the interview off right there just at a, at, a, at a great moment where he's challenging us to dare to ask God for something amazing. 
God wants to show you a part of his nature. He wants to show you a part of who he is. It's something that you can only experience in a relationship instead of just learning about in in scripture. The scripture complements it. It's not contrary to scripture, but he wants to invite you into a personal experience of what God wants to show you through answered prayer. So I would encourage you to take Lawrence up on his challenge. Take some time. Think of something that you can ask that is pretty outlandish, that's pretty crazy. Whether you're a believer or not, I assume that most of you who are listening are believers, but if you're not a believer, I would encourage you to even do this. Ask God to show himself to you and show his goodness to you in a way that proves what he's about and proves his goodness to you. So, And then also send me the testimony. Share it on Facebook, share it on Instagram, share it on LinkedIn. I can be found on all those places. Just search David Robertson and share those things with me. If it's something more personal in nature, you can email it to me at david at thedavidrobertson.com. You can find my contact information at that website as well, thedavidrobertson.com. I challenge you to take some time and run to God in prayer for something in your business, in your life. See that he doesn't start revealing himself to you through answered prayer. That's a season we're going into a season of quickly answered prayer because God is revealing himself to you. Give you an example. I have a client who is worried about some things and I challenged him. I said, I want you to worry with God. I want you to schedule some time in the morning and schedule some time in the afternoon or in the evening with your wife to go ahead and worry. Instead of worrying about clients not paying and worrying about employees quitting and worrying about things like that. I want you to worry towards the positive. If we're going to imagine things, which is what worry is, is putting faith in things that are not of God. It's putting faith in God's goodness, not showing up. If we're going to imagine those things in the future, then why not imagine those things towards God's goodness? So go ahead and take a minute or schedule some time and worry with God. I was challenging a client to do that. And A few weeks later, some of the stuff that he was worrying with God started coming true. He started worrying about having too much business and not having enough employees and not having enough equipment. He's in the construction industry. And three weeks later, I kind of challenged him to do this and I forgot about it. And just this past week, he came back to me and said, David, I am stressed out. Uh, This is crazy. I have so much work to do. I should be slowing down right now, but we're busy like it's summer instead of winter. I just don't know what to do. And But all of these things were in a response and a, a pretty quick response to him spending some time with God, worrying about what it would look like if God's goodness overtook him, worrying about what blessings that you can't contain look like. So anyway, I wouldn't challenge you that to ask some prayer requests that you need, and then spend some time worrying with God about what it looks like for God to pour out blessings that you cannot contain. Worrying about some of the growth problems in your business, worrying about some of the things that would make it challenging, but all those good challenges that would happen from God's blessing. Write back to me. Let me know what comes of it. Let me know your experience, whether you have answered prayer or not. Let me know. Again, my email is david at thedavidrobertson.com. Reach out to me on social media. Reach out to me on Instagram is my favorite place to engage in conversation. And then also Facebook or LinkedIn. I'm available there as well. 
Have a great night, guys. Have a great day. Have a great week. Until next time, go be Christ in business. As this show is new, any and all support is greatly appreciated. If you haven't done so already, first, subscribe to the podcast on Apple, iTunes, Stitcher, Android, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Second, if you like the show, write a five-star rating and review. And finally, share the podcast with anybody you know that has a passion for business and a love for God, and invite them along with you to build a Kingdom Class company.